Welcome to the first ever video episode of Problem Busters. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Hello, Ollie. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How long have we been doing the show now? About oh, a year, maybe a year and a half. A year like and that. a bit. Yeah, a year, a year, and, and that's how long change. it took the YouTube generation to wear <laughs> me down. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're now one of Wouldn't us. Wouldn't it be nice if we did video? Exactly, we could do video, Ollie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the mm. millennial. So, what are we speak. going to do today, we my can... friend? I know. It so, is. we ha- we have an esteemed guest. Uh, we have Liz Batalla, who is the founder and executive director of the Institute for Ach- Achievement and Excellence. Uh, she's also the author of Level Up to Move Up: The Three Forces in Achieving Excellence. Welcome, Liz. Definitely. And you got through it, <laughs> <Thank> Jonathan. You. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh, Thank you, Jonathan. No worries. No worries. We're glad to have you on. Um, so, Liz, um, could you give us a bit about yourself? Sure. I um, I have been in the corporate environment for more than 30 years now and lecturing at, at different academic institutions. And in 2020, I decided to create the Institute for Achievement and Excellence, to help women level up um, so that they can step into senior leadership roles and navigate the business world better. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, so what what originally drew you to it? What what was the what was that core um, piece? What was what what was what was the uh, what was the drive for you? For me, the the drive, John, is that I, I have worked in, in predominantly male-dominated environments, so banking, oil and gas, IT, professional services. And during that time, many people, women predominantly, came to me with you know different concerns and issues and, and worries about their personal and professional progress. And we had some really deep conversations. And one of the things that came out of that is, how did I navigate that space and continue to do so successfully? And the, the pointers I was giving them and the help that I was giving them, sometimes informally, um, I felt that, you know, I, I wanted to bring that to the masses. I wanted to make that information available because I saw the impact it had on these women and every life that they touched. Okay. So, in essence, the experiences that you went through is sort of um, giving you a repertoire of 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 things and, and advice to, to pass on to other women in in the in the industries um was there anything that sort of uh, that stood out that was a reoccurring or something key that was reoccurring to you that that um that um you you tend to always pass on to women who who seek advice the i would say that there, there were three things that tend to worry women I spoke to in the corporate environment. So if we, if we zoom in a bit on the corporate environment, because there are many things in their personal life, but in terms of the corporate space, one was lack of confidence uh, in terms of putting themselves forward, speaking up uh, at meetings sometimes, or just you know going for that new opportunity or that higher paying role um, or that more senior leadership role. So confidence was one of them. 
The other one was a, a feeling of overwhelm or imposter syndrome. I guess it, it, you can say it, it could stem from confidence, but many times there were other factors that were part of the process of them feeling that way. And the, the final one, the third one was a lack of flexibility in the organization in terms of flexible working hours to accommodate them because women you know that we still tend to be the main carers at home you know whether it be for elderly parents for children etc and sometimes having that flexibility can really really help um, alleviate the stresses of a situation so I would say those were the three um, main ones that I, I had conversations with where women were concerned Wow. It's such a big one, isn't wow. it? It comes through a lot in uh, in coaching um, for me. That uh, that feeling of I, I just often find myself in a situation with really smart, really hardworking, impressive women who will say things like, "I just feel like I've got this kind of imposter syndrome, and and I just, I just, I'm just not sure I'm doing a good job," and then. I compare that to, say, young men of a similar sort of um, age, and they're just not saying that as much, Liz, at all. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I what, think... Um, no, go on, mate. No, I was saying you, I can see it as well in, in, in family members who seek advice as well um, compared to, you know, the, the, the young men compared to the young women. Um it's it's i mean the confidence issue um is 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 really key i think and that 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 fear of sort of um that imposter syndrome i've suffered from it myself to be honest <laughs> if i'm quite transparent and frank i've suffered from it myself mm. um <laughs> and and i think um that is that is is such a huge mountain if you're experiencing it, it's, su- it's such a big thing to overcome and uh, i think somebody like liz being able to to sort of reaffirm and and give you these skills is just is just is just fantastic um was there anything in your early sort of career that you would go back and and want to um change or do differently that's a fantastic question um for me, if if there was one thing I can do differently, would probably be starting earlier what I am doing now. Uh, I think that is the one thing I would have changed. I would not have waited this long to start the process I'm in now. And I know that, you know, we all have our timing and other things need to be taken into account, personal life, etc., and where we are at the stage in our professional life also. And I'm grateful for the experiences I've had because those experiences are, are what you know what feeds into the the programs however I still feel if I had to do it all over again I would probably start have started this process earlier and what do you mean by that um, which which process do you mean setting up the institute and and beginning to to train and and to guide people Absolutely. Setting up the Institute uh, for Achievement and Excellence, because throughout my career, Ollie, I have helped others. I have trained, I have lectured at different universities and academic institutions. So I've always been in a position to give back, but in a very, um, you know, very closed circle uh, sort of way, nothing expansive, nothing international where it you know, I can touch multiple, multiple lives at the same time. Um, so for me, having 
the Institute for Achievement and Excellence and creating the programs that go along with it and making those available online, self-paced, where anyone from any part of the world can access that information in the comfort of their own home. For me, that, that, that was priceless and that was a piece that was missing from what I was doing in my career. And that is what I would have done earlier if I had to go back and do it all over again, that, making that available earlier in the game. It's interesting, isn't it, Jonathan? Because the, the answer to this question um, is often quite similar in the sense that, that people have found their way to something that they, that they really vibe with and, mm. and looking back would, would be more confident and would go into it earlier. Um, that's, it's, it's yeah. cool because it means that you've ended up at a good place, right? This. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. So what, what would you say the impact of, um, of the, the, those three factors that you, that you mentioned earlier? What do you think the impact is on society um, in terms of, um, for example, again, the, the imposter syndrome or the confidence? What, what, is, what impact is that having on women in society that you see that, that the Institute can help address? First of all, the impact is monumental. In, in terms of a woman's personal life, um, it can affect her relationship with family, friends, loved ones, etc. And, and that in itself can be a very stressful situation for her. But if I were to, to look at it in the context of, of businesses, I mean, at this point, I, I read a, an article um, by the McKenzie and Company. And what they were saying, it's a 2020 um, article they had. And in, in many companies, in, in fact, only 15% of companies have women in senior leadership positions, 15%. And more than a third of companies have no senior leadership representation at all. Women, there, there are no women in senior leadership roles. And many companies say that one of the reasons is that women don't step into those particular roles. And then women would say that, you know, the, the process is not supportive of them doing that um, because they have put themselves forward, but they lack the sponsorship, they lack the, the, the programs, and sometimes even the terminology used in, in the job description, it's very much against, um, you know, the, the, the woman's psyche and, and to help her, uh, you know, step into that role. Because it's it's well known and, and well studied that, you know, a man may step into a role or put himself forward if he just understands 50 to 60 percent of the job requirements. Most women in the 90s percentile, they need to understand before they put themselves forward. So it's the whole process from induction all the way to exit. Now, in terms of what the Institute can do to help. I say to women, you know, that there are two pieces to this puzzle. One is what the company can do and it's what the company is responsible for doing. And that's something I also help companies with because I work with companies as well, not just individuals. The other piece of the puzzle is what can women themselves do? How can they help themselves so that the only I would say disadvantaged variable, so to speak, is that of the company? but the woman can take control in the areas that she has total control of, which is herself. And that's where the programs come in. I focus on what women can do to help level up very quickly 
using the three forces in achieving excellence, which is a, a framework, it's a roadmap to help someone level up very quickly so that they can step into those roles. They can better navigate this, this space. They can speak up at meetings. They can identify job roles that are you know, in their favor and step into those roles. And that's how the two are, are combined. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing. So, yeah. Um, so the framework, um, in terms of the three forces of achieving excellence, and there's free life, mm -hmm. uh, I think each force has three um, main areas to focus on. So that's nine yes. vital areas. Would you mind just expanding Correct. slightly on that? Of course. So the three forces in achieving excellence, <clears throat> as I said, it's a framework. And it's a roadmap to help someone level up very quickly. The three forces, the first force deals with the identity of the individual, what that person can, you know, improve or their strengths and weaknesses in, in a specific area that's inherent to their identity. The second force is connections, and that deals with relationships, the relationship one has, you know, with his or herself and relationships with others. And then the final force is status. That's the quality of life or standard of living peace. Now, as you rightfully said, John, in each of the, the three forces, there is three life areas to help you achieve that force. Therefore, we end up with nine life areas. So in identity, what we look at is your personal brand, your demeanor, and your personal style. Those three in totality can help you uplift your identity. In the connections force, we look at your personal, mental, and emotional health and well-being. Again, in the context of your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. And then finally, with status, the three life areas, we look at your profession, how you can navigate that space or business. The second one is finances, how you can manage your finances. And the last one is your future. What do you need to do and to consider when it comes to securing a better future? So as you can see, it is a holistic approach to leveling up and it sets a firm foundation for anyone, but the focus is on women, to help them, um, you know, improve or their performance or whatever they're looking for, but it sets that foundation. And then with that understanding, they can decide which area they want to focus on more intensely and then seek even expert, you know, greater expert advice from that. It's quite cool, isn't it? Because that is a <laughs> lot more holistic than I expected. And, uh, yes. and, I, imagine, and I imagine for people who, um, and we'll talk, I'll ask you for some examples in a moment maybe. Um, I imagine for people who go through the process, it might be the first time that they've looked at all these different elements of themselves and their lives, or even taken the time to do that. Um, certainly yes. talked to other people and had support in that. Um, is that what you found? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely, uh, Ollie. because what I've realized in speaking to, to the woman is, is that they describe one area and then it's, oh, by the way, this is bothering me too, or I'm, I am, you know, I, this is what's causing me to behave in such a way. So, for instance, if we take something like confidence, 
There are many programs out there that just focus on confidence. But one of the things we look at is something called the three C's. And confidence is one of them. A precursor to confidence is courage. Because it takes a certain amount of courage to show up confident and to be confident and to exude confidence. So we look at courage followed by confidence and then how you can leverage that to build charisma. And those three C's can help you show up not only confident, but become an inspiration to others. Be inspirational. I just wish that we were teaching this to young women at school. <laughs> I yeah, completely I just... <laughs> agree. Completely agree. This is why I... It just, I, it just seems know, like 56% this. of the world is, is not being developed to their potential. Do you know what I mean? Yes, Absolutely. Um, and the, the thing what I've noticed, Jonathan and, and Ollie, is that a lot of people coming in to the corporate for the first time from the academic environment, they lack these fundamental skills because, as you said, it's not taught in schools, as well as when there are, you know, managers who are perhaps young managers. And, and when I say young, I mean less than three years experience, not in terms of their age, but in terms of their experience. It can be challenging. It can be challenging to navigate that space because there is so much information out there, but the information is, is sometimes not presented in a holistic way so that they, they are able to really use it and, and really have the examples and the tools and the techniques and the challenges and the questions and everything, almost like a boot camp approach to, you know, to putting on that T-shirt and saying, hey, I can do this. Yeah. I think um, um, I've had a look at the Institute's website and it's amazing. There's um, on the blogs, there's like a diagram that shows the framework, which is, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> so just on that point, what can, <laughs> what can, what can young women do now to sort of, um, to get the, to get the ball rolling? So if I'm a, if I'm a young woman listening um, and I'm like, you know mm -hmm. what, I really need to sort of um, get on board. What, what can I do? I would say the first thing to do is to establish where you are. The second thing you want to do is to establish where you would like to be. And it, that tends to be called a gap analysis. It's like taking the underground or taking the bus or driving in your car. If you don't know where you are and you don't know where you're going, it's very difficult to navigate the space. And one of the ways that that can be done, there, there are many ways, you know, self-awareness, um, speaking to loved ones who have your best interests at heart, not just anyone, because not everyone is happy for, for to see you progress. So people who have your best interests at heart, you can speak to professionals like mentors, coaches, etc. But an easy way, a private way, if it's a, you know, if it's a, a personal journey, because for some people, it's a private and personal journey. There are many assessments online. And one of the things we offer is a free assessment that answers questions and it, it, it results, it gives a result in a form of a spider diagram. And those questions are asked across all nine life areas. So you end up, someone who does the assessment will end up with a spider diagram showing their strengths and their areas for improvement. And with that diagram, they can then decide, okay, I'm going to do one program from the Institute, the full program with all nine life areas, or maybe something else. Um, but at least that person would have an understanding of where they are and it can help, it can help 
I help them identify, you know, how much work and in which areas they need to focus when it comes to their self-improvement. Awesome. Awesome. I think we'll put the, uh, well, we'll have the, the link <laughs> to that in the, in the show notes. <laughs> <Sure>. um, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I was just going to talk about your, your journey as an author and um, uh, how did you get started and um, what were some of the mistakes you made along the way when you, when you start, when you was first thinking, okay, I need to get these notes down into, into a book. I need to, to get it published. I need to get, I need to help to spread spread the message what were some of the early sort of mistakes you made or or any sort of advice you can give to to um to young women who who want to who want to sort of i want to say follow in your footsteps if that makes sense yes um whether it be jonathan whether it be a book a business your career or anything you want to accomplish there needs to be a plan in place because it's so easy, it's so easy to get up one morning and think, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Or I, I really don't feel like doing it now. Or I have time, I can, I, can get, I can get to this next week. Because in life, something always happens. <laughs> yeah, or usually happens. And what I would say is anything that you want to accomplish, have a plan in place. It, it, it can be a loose plan. It doesn't have to be fixed. In fact, it shouldn't be fixed because... There are so many things that can happen that can derail us, and there is a certain degree of flexibility that one needs to have. However, knowing what you need to accomplish each and every day sets you up for success. So, for instance, where I'm concerned, I do something every single day. I don't measure how big or how small that step is because any step I take as long as I take it consistently, as long as I take it every single day, as long as I do something today I haven't done yesterday or the day before, I know I am moving forward because I know where I am. I know where my goal is or what, or what my goal is. I understand the gap. I understand the timeline I'm working with and I break it down into small chunks so I don't feel overwhelmed. And then I break those small chunks down even further to know what I have to do on a daily basis to achieve that goal. So let's say, for instance, John and Ollie, it takes, let's say, six months to write a book. It, it depends. It can take shorter or longer, but let's say on average six months. And that book has 12 chapters. I know if I want to reach my goal, I probably need to do two chapters each month. Yeah. I know I need to write at least one page maybe a day if I'm not counting my weekends. So I know if I just write one page a day, I'm going to hit that, that two, you know, that two chapter a month. And I would maybe try to push a little more because I know I would need time for the marketing and I'd need time for the conversion into ebook and I would need time for the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But by understanding the little bit that I need to do each day, one, I keep consistent. Two, I keep motivated because I don't think, damn, I have two chapters and I need to clear an entire day just to be able to write two chapters. No, I can take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, knock out a one pager and move on. Yeah, because I can, I can, I can always tweak uh, again as I go on. But at least I have some, I have pen to paper equivalent to one sheet of work. Yeah. So 
it helps me remain consistent. It helps me remain motivated. It prevents me from feeling overwhelmed when I think about 12 chapters as opposed to one page. Doesn't sound too bad. I don't feel pressured because I'm saying to myself, I'm not going to do writing on a weekend. That's just me. I'm going to do it, fit it in in my weekly schedule, Monday to Friday. So I give myself that breathing space to be creative. And I can go on and on and on. So what I would say is create a plan, break it down into sizable chunks based on your level of energy, the time you have, and the resources you have access to. Those are the three things. Because if you have lots of time, lots of energy, and you can hire a ghostwriter, you can write a book in two weeks. If you're not very well physically, you don't have a lot of time because you have family commitments and you're writing this on a, a shoestring budget on with no money at all, it may take longer. So be realistic and just go for it. Don't wait. That's what I will say. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so when, so, so talk us through that. So you, so you went through that plan, I imagine, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it sounds like it probably worked. <laughs> Yes. So what were the steps once you'd written it to, to get it out there? Oh, many steps. Um, because when someone is, well, at least me, when I'm so close to a project, it's very, very easy to miss mistakes. Um, because, you know, the mind, the mind connects the dots. Uh, when, when there are no dots to connect, the mind connects the dots automatically. So I, I had to write it, put it in a format that was presentable to provide someone to proofread and after they proofread it I had to get it converted to ebook um, the particular size of ebook um, and print for print and for ebook I also had to get it um, formatted in, in a particular way I had to collaborate with Amazon to understand how to upload it onto their platform. This is All these are things, if you have the resources, you can pay someone to do, so it's not something you have to do for yourself. Um, I chose to do it for myself because I wanted to understand the process. In my business, I, I never pay or farm out anything unless, until I understand the process myself, unless it's something very, very uh, specialized, like tax dealing with my taxes and accounts, etc. I do try to understand the process first. One, so that I can guide the person who I am asking to do it on my behalf. And secondly, if that person is no longer available, I can roll my sleeves up and do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once it goes on uh, onto Amazon, there are different things that, or, or any other platform, there are different things that need to be done, like your author page, your details page. Um, all of the marketing that goes on behind it. So it can be quite uh, a daunting task, which is why it helps to really break that down and understand each part of the process. Right, right. And then once you got it out there onto Amazon, what, what did it feel like to, to have a book out there? Because such a small number of people even think about writing a book, let alone get it done. Mm. And uh, <laughs> And I've always wondered, what does it feel like to have, to have got a book out there? Honestly, initially, it feels scary at first. It's when you, you hit that publish button um, and it goes live, there is that, you know, heart thumping feeling. Um, and then it, it, it gets replaced with pride. 
I, I feel proud of what I have accomplished um, because I know not many people have done it. And it, it's not something that's particularly easy to do. Otherwise, everyone would have done it. So there is a certain amount of, of pride I feel in putting it out there. And knowing that I put out there quality information, good information, information that can help other people, I feel proud of that. Um, and... Yeah, just I, I guess just happy that I have accomplished one other facet to what I want to, to bring to the world. That's awesome. And do you want to just tell us the name of the book? Because there's going to be more than a few people listening who are thinking, and what is this book? I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Level Up to Move Up, The Three Forces in Achieving Excellence. So if you go into Amazon and you type that in, um, Level Up to Move Up, The Three Forces in Achieving Excellence. You, you will see it. Um, I can always provide you gentlemen with a, it's called a, a, a UBL, a universal book link. When you click on that, okay. it takes you to a page and then it doesn't matter which country you're in. Once you click on onto that link, it takes you straight to the um, platform of your choice in your country. Fantastic. We'll, we'll add it into, um, yeah, in our show notes. And we have a, we have a book section on our, on our website, like a bookstore where you can Excellent. go through and see all of the, all the books on there. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so Ollie, I think, I think it might be time for our sharing section. Oh, I think you might be right. Ooh, but maybe we go. before so, we do. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm adjusting um, myself in the seat. You, yeah, yeah, just getting myself comfortable, getting ready. <laughs> Bonus material. So, Liz, can you give us a little bit of an insight into the effect that you working with women has had on some of their lives, on some of their organizations, just to give us a bit of a flavor for, for why this is worth doing? When someone comes to me and they are in tears which was one I mean there was no black and white situation that made me go into entrepreneurship but there was one day uh, where there were like maybe about six or seven women came to me that same day in tears for one reason or the other some personal but the majority of it was professional and they just felt that they had enough they were you know talked over in meetings they did not feel respected they did not feel valued they felt that it was too much. Uh, you know, they, they were constantly being asked to do more with less and they weren't, they were just not recognized for what, you know, their worth and what they were doing and their contribution to the business. And after having conversations with them and making suggestions, you know, maybe a month, two months, three months after, they, they were a completely different person or they had implemented certain tips uh, or they just had a different perception on the situation and or they just had an aha moment when we were having the conversation that to me is absolutely priceless to, to touch someone's life like that I, I can't begin to describe the feeling and I know that it's not just that person because when that person's life is better every other life that that person touches it's a ripple effect so if, for me, I, I, I can't, I'm even stammering to explain it. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually eloquent in when I speak, but it's just an overwhelming experience to know that, you know, what I can contribute has such a positive and uplifting impact on someone's life. 
And for me, that is the foundation and the, the, the motivation of why I do what I do, why I get up each morning. And sometimes when my day doesn't go according to plan and I feel frustrated and I feel like giving up at times, I keep going. It's that, 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 that feeling, it's that uh, memory, those memories. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> that is the definition of a problem buster <laughs> fantastic fantastic so i think uh without any further ado adieu 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 <laughs> uh, we have the sharing section so this is the um Ooh. i want to say quick fire round hey drum roll okay uh, where we get to know a bit more about you personally um so uh, it's just it's just some questions so our listeners can understand a bit more about yourself and and your interests. So we usually start off with a, with a doozy, and it is mm-hmm. who do you most look up to in the world? Ah, I would say the woman in my family. Um, if there isn't any one particular woman, from my grandmom to my mom um, to my sisters, uh, I, I'm from a family with very strong-willed women who are determined to achieve what they set their minds to achieve. Um, so for me, I've always I've been lucky enough to have that example in my life, and I would say my mom. Um, and she was she was not a career person. She she sacrificed her career to stay home to be a housewife to her you know so that her three her three children all girls um, had you know a mother figure there who was there and constantly um, in our lives. And she has a silent power to her that it's very difficult to explain. Um, my godmother was. Uh, you know the, the the career one, and she was the one I looked uh, looked at when it come it came to career. And um, and my sisters are always a shining example of what it means to show up at your best possible self, do the best job you can with the resources, time, and energy that you have. They continue to be an example to me. Um, so I would say the woman in my family. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, amazing, amazing. I come from a family of predominantly women as well, and yeah, <laughs> strong women. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and isn't it cool? Isn't it cool how it builds person to person? Yeah. Um, you know? Um, the next question we uh, I have is what book mm-hmm. or film has most inspired you recently? There are many books that that I read. I, I read I, I read constantly, to to be honest. Uh, but there is one book. It's not so recent, but it's a book that has stayed with me in my mind from the moment I read it. And it's called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Shin. It's a very simple book, um, easy read. You can finish it within a couple of days or so. The, the fundamentals that. I never thought life was a game. I never saw life as a game. I, I thought life was something we had to understand, uh, learn, conquer, <laughs> um, and all of those things. And, and yes, life can be fun, but the way it was described in, in the book 
um, it it helped me to understand that like with all games there are rules and when someone understands the rules of the game you can you you can understand when to break it if to break it how far you can bend it how to use it to your advantage or when just simply to walk away because it's not in your best interest and when i saw life like a game i started to see everything like a game not in the sense of taking things lightly and and not doing well or taking things for granted but in the sense that everything has certain rules whether they be spoken or unspoken rules and if those rules are understood it makes the process easier because for instance in organizations if someone goes into an organization and they don't understand the rules the unspoken rules everything will feel personal everything um so i would say the game of life and how to play it by florence shin that was uh, a monumental shift in my thought process i think uh, yeah i think and what I'll about to my list. what gone jonathan <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> So what projects or movements um, have got you excited at the moment if we move on from books, groups of people doing interesting things? For me, the, the movement right now, Ollie and John, that has me all fired up is, is the foundation of, of, of why I formed the Institute. You know, to have these discussions, to reach more people, to help organizations understand positive impact it can you know women in leadership positions can have you know again referring to to McKinsey and and, and companies 2020 report you know companies are 45% likely to see more growth 70% more likely to to gain new market share when they have a diverse leadership team women being part of that diverse team and companies are still i mean there, there are lots of companies that are doing well and that are you know contributing to to pushing things forward and and I understand that but there is still there's still so much more to be done but the conversations are happening and I I would like to see you know more of just a few posts on social media or the mission statement describing how amazing we are and what we are doing but in reality not much is being done and there is still a lot of bias in organizations so for me the movement that is close to my heart is the movement that supports women in accomplishing and achieving their goals and being treated and you know equally in terms of fair pay etc that's a movement i am i'm most this most dear to my heart fair enough too and what would you say to people who run businesses who might be listening and thinking yeah i would like to see that in my business more of that what would you what would your advice to them be it's twofold ollie i would say first of all you know just recognize that there is a massive massive benefit to organizations for really investing in supporting their female talent massive i mean this this there's so many studies that show that you know how how beneficial it is for organizations and the fact is that diversity and all of these type of things they, they are not a trend they are here to stay because more and more the public 
you know, we are demanding that representation of who we are are seen in businesses and are seen at strategic levels, the levels where decisions are made, right? So the benefit is, is, is great. The benefit is there. That's one aspect. The other aspect, what I would say to organizations is I would like to see a bit more of action being taken as opposed to just, yes, you know, women, we, we, are, we are doing this and we are doing that. And, you know, everyone is saying the right things. And as I said, posting the correct words in social media and getting upvotes and getting likes and getting applause. But where is the action that backs that up? And the action needs to be looked at holistically from the inception, induction, all the way to the exit. What can a business do to help make that journey more supportive and more rewarding for women and more encouraging for women to step into that role because it is of massive benefit to the organization, to the woman, to their clients and to the world. Yeah. And I know both you and I, Jonathan, have been lucky enough to work with some amazing women, both um, next to us and leading us, right? Um, Yeah. And Yeah, yeah, there are some amazing men out there too. Finally starting to diversify. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are amazing men out there who are supportive. So this is not this is not by any means, you know, showcasing only women and saying that, you know, men are not helpful. There are some fantastic men out there who are supportive and who are doing their their part, who are playing their part and, and hats off to them for that. Yeah. And I think what can um, what oh. can a man in a business do to help the women around him? One of the things that there are many things, Ollie, but one of the things, and it, it can be a bit difficult because it's not, it's about raising awareness. It's a term microaggression. So, you know, I do not believe people are inherently bad. I choose to believe people are inherently good, but not always aware of a situation because there are many times when, you know, I, I, I've sat in, in meetings where I'm the only female person sitting in the meeting and I would say something and no one bats an eyelid, but the gentleman next to me would take my idea, extrapolate it, and um, all of a sudden it's it's an amazing idea, yeah? Or, you know, there may be a get-together after in, in terms of the board, and I wasn't invited because, again, I'm, I'm the only female, you know, it's I'm not part of the boys' club. Or it's it's just... I think being aware of sometimes the way things are said or the way things are done. It could be as simple as speaking over a female when she's trying to make a point in a meeting. Allow her to finish uh, and not take over her idea. Ask questions because she may not feel confident enough to expand her idea. So, you know, it's just the, the awareness of the individual, the man, and how he interacts with that female at that level thank you yeah yeah that makes and i think it's less it does and it's super important especially in because we're in in sort of a software financial world it's kind of you know um having having um women in in a lot of these organizations in some places just extremely rare right um so you get this this instance where you have a, a culture an underlying culture that seems to just sort of bubble up and develop itself so i think people need to be a lot more aware and a lot more 
emotionally intelligent to understand situations and and how your behavior and the actions you do how it will come across to to others as well so i think that's yes that's john definitely... yes because th- the thing is you know in isolation uh, a situation may not sound like a big deal so it's easy for someone who doesn't understand it for example a man to trivialize it but when that female has to deal with that comment or deal with that action every single day day in day out sometimes multiple times a day it wears her down because to her, mm. she is repeatedly knocked down. But to the individual who probably made that comment, it was just in passing. It was one comment. But in isolation, f- from his perspective, it's one comment. From her perspective, it's one of many comments she had received that day. So it's just that awareness as well to, to be careful not to trivialize something because on the surface, it seems trivial. It may not always be mm. trivial. And this is the danger with microaggression. It, it, in, in isolation, it seems trivial. But for the individual who is experiencing that every day, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, on our, <laughs> on our, on our next, uh, <laughs> next piece, <laughs> got, re- got quite deep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yes. on, on our, for the, uh, the, next, uh, the next question we have is, um, what is the one thing you'd like to change in the world? The one thing I would like to change in the world. I would love it if people can slow down just a little bit so that they can listen more actively. It's amazing having, I've had so many conversations with people and I can see they're already thinking about, especially in business, I can already see that they're thinking about what it is they're going to say when I pause or how can they interject to bring the conversation back to them or how can they uh, explain something that happened to them or a story or how can they add to the conversation. It's, It's very rare to have someone truly actively listen to what you have to say and ask questions that pursue the interests of what it is you are saying and genuinely show that you are interested in that individual. And I know we are all busy, impossibly busy. So for me, if, if if there is one thing I would like to change is for just for people to realize how important and how uh, yeah, just just how amazing it could be to give someone your undivided attention because it is truly rare. It is rare, rarer than we think it is. That's what I would like to see changed. Fantastic. You know, I, I feel Fantastic. like podcasting has has taught me to listen a bit better, Jonathan. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, no, definitely for me as well. Um, in fact, active listening is. Um, because um, I worked in support and support teams and you're really trying to solve something <laughs> and listen, mm. listen to the concerns of the customer over the phone. And sometimes mm. if you ha- if an idea jumps in your head, oh, I think it's this, this is the issue. But you, you, you miss the, 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 the steps as to how the error message or the situation that the customer is in, how that arise, then you, you become lost because obviously you've made an assumption, you haven't listened and, and it just, it just spirals on. So it teaches you quite quickly to, uh, 
to slow mm. down but it's you know it's um it's it's uh it's a learn experience and it, and it took me a while <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so what would be the one thing you would like people to take away from this episode the one thing i would say you know identify your goal, your vision, your dream, your purpose, your ikigai, whatever it is for you. And don't wait. You know, start where you are. Use what you have and do the best that you can. And just take it one step at a time. Because some some of the greatest feats, you know, some of the greatest achievements started with tiny steps. As long as you are consistent, amazing things can happen so i would say if there's one takeaway start now don't wait for things to line up just start because sometimes when you start doors that were previously closed suddenly open because you have taken that first step because you're doing something different so different things start to happen and it's just you know a snowball effect just start Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first YouTube. This is this is our first you guys you guys made a start, right? You made a start today with this episode. So fantastic. Yeah, that's true. That is it. That that's is true. It. Thank you. No, definitely. Thank you for being the inspiration. <laughs> My pleasure. So um how can people find out more about you? The easiest way is th- my website. It's achievementandexcellence.com. All one word and the and is spelled out A-N-D. So it's achievementandexcellence.com. Or you can say hello on LinkedIn, Elizabeth Patala on LinkedIn, and I will be, I'll be there. Those are, the, those are the two easiest ways. Fantastic. We'll add, uh, we'll add that in the show notes as well. And any final thoughts for people who've been listening to this? I just want to say thank you for, you know, sharing your time, giving me your time, because, again, time is, a, is you know, it's a luxury for many. I just want to say thank you to your audience for allowing me to walk this part of the journey with you. Thank you, Ollie, and thank you, John, for having me on your show. Um, it's been brilliant. It's been excellent. I completely enjoyed myself, and um, I wish everyone the success and happiness that they deserve. Truly. It's just been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for for giving you giving us your time and uh, and and to all the people that you've been able to help along the way. Um, I'm sure they're really grateful too. So thank you for tuning in, folks. Look after each other. Now found on YouTube and all places that you also find audio podcasts. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Seeing you next time. (laughs) Bye. Ciao. (laughs) Thank you.